Welcome to the Catalyst Life Coaching Podcast with John Kim and Noelle Cordeaux. If you're inspired to begin your own life coaching practice or just want to learn a little bit more about what it's all about, visit journey.co. That's J-R-N-I.co for more information. November will be your very last chance to take the Catalyst Coaching Intensive in 2019. If you feel called to this work, don't put it off for later. Become a coach and make a bigger impact. Hey guys, on this week's episode, we're going to talk about asking powerful questions because that's what life coaching is about. Noel, good morning. So let's start with uh, um, just in general, I think that what many people don't know about life coaching is that it's about asking questions and the power of questions. It is. And I think that as far as life coaching goes, the fact that it is a question-based discipline itself is lost on folks when they hear what a life coach is. Lots of people think that life coaches give advice. Yes, 100%. And I think uh, that also creates fear because when you think life coaching is about giving advice, you start to think about your own life and where you're at, and then you start to collapse and think you can't help someone else. But if you think that coaching is about questions, then anyone can be a life coach because then it's about the art of questioning. Yes, and the science behind inquiry. Did you know that there is a complete science to asking questions? No, I know nothing about science. It's your department, <laughs> and that's why, that's why you're here. So let's talk about the science of questioning. Yeah, so there's a big difference between listening for something and listening to someone. And mm. when you're listening to someone, that tends to happen during the course of everyday life. But when you're working as a coach and you're setting up the coaching conversation with a foundation of very deep, active listening, you're listening for. You're listening oh. for emotion. Yeah. You're listening for subcontext. You're considering your client as a whole person and you're pulling on genuine curiosity. And here's the really important part, a genuine desire to really understand the situation at hand. Yeah. And so this is, I, I love what you said, listening for something, not just to something. Um, how does one do that? Where, are there steps? What does that look like to listen for something? And you mentioned a few things. You, you mentioned subtext, you mentioned, uh, you know, energy, uh, you know, when you say listening for something, I think that's where you, uh, you actually pull out the flashlight and mirror. Absolutely. And for those of you that are just tuning in, one of the things that we say at journey coaching is that to be a good coach, you need a flashlight to shine on the dark places mm -hmm. that nobody wants to look. And you need a mirror to hold up to your clients, to reflect back to them what they're actually saying and what's actually going on. So I know the answer to this, but what is powerful about that process? What What is powerful about, you know, the flashlight in the mirror listening for something instead of just listening to something? I think this podcast is a great example. Right now, as you and I are talking, we're not consciously aware of what we're saying, the words that we're planning on saying or how it's coming out or how our listeners are receiving us. If you and I were to go back and listen to the replay of our own podcasts, we'd probably be surprised by what we actually say. Mm, interesting. So is that, so can that be learned? 
I think that that's where the coach comes in handy is when, yeah. when a client comes to the table, they're dumping out their life Legos. They're dumping out their emotions, their hopes, their dreams, their frustration, their story. And you as a coach are deeply listening to this person, trying to understand who they are, what they need, what they want, and where they're, where they're going. And from there, you ask questions to break through everyday life. Yes. And also um, the power of the reframe. Oh, goodness. Yeah. Reframing and repeating back to your clients what they've said from a strengths-based perspective is an incredibly validating mechanism for number one, showing somebody what they've actually said. Um, and number two, that's where you get the mirror. So I'll give you a great example. Um, I was talking with a friend and I was talking about things that were really bothering me and I was having a hard time mentally and emotionally dealing with stuff. And my friend said to me, well, you know, at least you don't live in a third world country. You have lots to be grateful for, you know, right. essentially shut the fuck up and move on with it. Um, <laughs> yeah. Right. So he was listening to me, right? Um, mm. When I expressed the very same sentiments to my coach who I'm working with, she said, wow, I can really hear the frustration in your voice. How long has this been bothering you? What do you need to know about the situation? Right. So she, well, she first validated you. Yeah. Yeah. And so then the other person, you know, and this with friends, they're, they're not, it's not like they have, they don't have hearts or they're, they're being there for you, but they're not coaches. So that's why they, they, they don't approach it in that way, but just telling you, um, you know, to be grateful or to, or basically just to quit whining or whatever. Yeah. Um, they're, they think they're trying to help you, but by, by, by taking that approach, um, they're being a bit dismissive yes. of your truth. That was yeah. listening yeah. to me, yeah. not listening for clues, subtext, emotion, insight, learning, growth, potential, all of the things that coaches do. Yeah. So after you listen for these things, um, what would be the next step as far as questioning or reframing? Um, how do you move the needle forward? Yeah. With questions. So powerful questioning, the art of powerful questioning really breaks through everyday life. And the point of it is to get clients, to get people to explore what they really believe, what they know, what their intuition tells them, and what's in the depths of their psyche to peel the layer back and say, tell me more. Explain that. What do you really want? How is this going to go for you? Have you dealt with this in the past? What would be an ideal outcome? These are all questions that get people to think. And where the work of coaching takes place is the space for the client to think during these conversations. Yeah. And, you know, you mentioned strength-based and um, obviously I know Noel personally, and you are consistent in that. That's kind of your approach, I think, not only as a coach, but maybe you've just been doing it for so long, you've trained your mind, but you're, you're always strength-based. Strength like, uh, and, and so, so just, just being, you know, a partner and a friend, um, I've noticed I've noticed that and I noticed that how powerful that can be. Yes. And I, I do think that it has been ingrained in me from working for 10 years as a coach that my yeah. mind now defaults to that stance. That's also known as optimism training. 
and is a serious mechanism mm. of coaching. So for those of you at home who are wondering, you know, can I be a coach if I don't have all my own, you know, cookies together? Totally. Right. And not only can you, but you will also grow and change as a result of the process of really becoming it, entrenched in this field. So you're great at being strength uh, strength based with other people, um, you know, friends and clients. Is it hard to do that in your own life? Oh um, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. I beat myself up so badly on a regular basis. And that's why I actually work with coaches and go to therapy and ask for insight and have hard conversations and ask for feedback. I wanted to point that out because um, so Noelle is a great example where uh, she can use tools and techniques um, with other people, clients and friends, and she's amazing at it. But, you know, it, there are also things that she struggles with in her own life. And I'm saying that because if you want to be a coach or you are a coach and you're measuring your ability uh, based on your own personal uh, ability experience, then that's not fair. So you could, you know, uh, 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 what's his name? Phil Jackson can take the Lakers to the playoffs, but it doesn't mean that he can can or has to throw free throws you know what i'm saying oh and yes so coaches can struggle with things but also be amazing coaches yeah and that's one of the really awesome things about this field is because coaching is a powerful question inquiry based process you don't actually need to know anything about the topic that your client might be presenting so what are other things uh, as far as um the power of questioning and reframing that uh, we could talk about for anyone who is either on their coaching journey or is interested in, in uh, going on one. Well, the way that we think about questions themselves and considering the linguistic outcomes that come from different kinds of questions is something that mm -hmm. doesn't happen in everyday life. That's part of coach training. Right. So right. a great example is closed versus open-ended questions. A closed question typically elicits a yes or no answer. Or well, it, shu it shuts down the conversation very fast. <laughs> yeah, or, or it shuts down the conversation very fast. Um, so uh, a, a great example of that would be, uh, are you feeling better today? That's a closed question. That's a yes mm -hmm. or no answer versus an open question that is how are you feeling today? Right, right. It actually forces uh, the person answering the question to to look inward and to think and to stretch and to explore and examine. Yes. And as a coach, that's what we want so that we can dive back in and engage in that deep, active listening to understand where our client is, how does this relate to their overall goals, how does this relate to the context of their lives, and what questions do we need to continue to ask them in order to help them achieve awareness and insight? Right. And, you know, the other thing this thing does uh, or, or asking questions does is it prevents you from putting your truth and opinions onto the client. Yes. And that is so very, very, very important. Yeah. So that's another kind of question is a leading question where you give your truth or opinion instead of asking the client for theirs. So a great setup for a leading question would be, do you want to work on the strategic plan today so that you're prepared for 
XYZ, your presentation at work. So, you know, right there, that's the coach's opinion of what should happen. That's not allowing yeah. a client to lead the conversation. A better way to do that would be, hey, last week we talked about the potential for a strategic plan. Where are you at with it? Right. By, you know, the, the other thing is by asking these questions, you're creating like this emotional playground, like a safe playground for the client um, to come up with his or her own revelations. I think that uh, when you, whether you're aware of it or not, start to put your opinions or your perspective or whatever onto the client, um, there's no room for them to come up with their own revelations, which I think are always the most powerful when they come up with them. Exactly. So as we teach in the Catalyst Intensive, the poetic principle, and I love poems, I love poetry, and so I love this principle. It, it posits that words create worlds. Oh, I like that. Yeah. Words create worlds. And, and they do so structurally, methodically, emotionally. And to that end, when we're thinking about questions, here's a great example. So statistically, all of the coaching research that we have to date has indicated that when you ask someone the question, why, it puts people on the defensive. And do you think that's just because we're so used to um, people question, questioning us and so we defend, we, we turn into lawyers? I don't know exactly yeah. why it causes defense, but I was thinking about it in the context of my own life. So um, my husband has a really adorable habit of um, leaving a beer can in the shower. And, <laughs> you know, right. and so yeah. if, if I go to him and say, why did you do this? What kind of response do you think I'm going to elicit? Yeah, that he's gonna his shield's gonna go up and he's gonna say, Well, this is what you do, and suddenly you guys are, you know, pulling on your tug of war rope. Yeah. Or I could just either remove it or say, Hey, I found this. Looks like you had a really great happy hour on Friday, you know? Right, right. <laughs> well, let me, well, doesn't it also matter? Uh, I mean, doesn't it also um depend on how the why is is executed? So if it's coming from a curious place, it's not gonna be um it's not, it's not going to be met with defense as much as if it's coming from a, like an accusation place. Yeah, you're absolutely right. And and why isn't inherently a terrible question, but from a coaching context, it doesn't give you the best information. So let's take right. um, an example here. If I said, why is this issue important to you? It has potential to put you on the defensive and give kind of sure. a short answer. But how would it change for you if I said, what? makes this issue important to you today. Mm. Um, also, when you say why it doesn't, you skip the validation mm -hmm. part, you know, um, I, I noticed there's a beer in our shower. And, and there's a I noticed there's a beer can in the shower. And I and I and I and I'm curious. Yeah, I guess I guess. If you just go to the why there isn't a um, I hear you. I am noticing these things about you. I understand you. Now let's talk about the why. A lot of people jump directly to the why. And I think a lot of people are defensive because they don't feel validated. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, I could care less whether or not, you know, my husband has a beer in the shower. I think it's great. Right. But, you know, coming from the perspective of saying, oh, hey, it looks like you had a really great shower lightens the mood versus why sure. is this in there? Sure. <laughs> yeah. And then, and then, you know, I noticed this can. And then you're you're leaving room for, 
for him to then explain. If you come yeah. at him with a why, then yeah. Uh-huh. Exactly. I love how um, silly our examples are. I love that we pull from real life. Oh, yeah. Well, I mean, this is real <laughs> life. And obviously, you know, I'm not coaching my husband. But when right. I was thinking about the impact of why questions, it drew me to my home life and how um, asking from a why perspective can dismantle the emotional well-being of the players and yep. how words create worlds in this way. Yeah, but here's here's what's what's really cool and interesting, and uh, the, another value of coaching is you could actually apply it to your real life. So you know you don't have to leave it um, at your practice, and it's only going to benefit all your relationships. Yes, very much so. So let's just take a, a classic example that I hear a lot of young coaches complain about is when a client says, you know, I don't know, or I don't know what to do. That that mm -hmm. stumps a lot of coaches when they're first starting out. So yeah. let's work with this around some powerful questions. So if somebody says, I don't know what to do, as a coach, I might respond, wow, you sound really frustrated. Do I mm -hmm. have permission to explore some outcomes with you? Or let's take another one. I just don't know what to do. And the coach says, you're validating again. I can certainly right. relate to that feeling. Has there ever been a time when you face something similar? Right. So you're setting them up for a time which they have so you could um, indirectly prove to them that, that that's going to happen again. Yeah. Yeah. Or yeah. how about going towards a future focus? I don't know what to do. And the coach says, well, given the outcome you'd like, what do you need to know? Right. And that's very different than I don't know what to do. And the coach says, well, why don't you know what to do? Yeah. <laughs> when you don't know what to do, I think a great counter to it is um, is is the future focus. And, and one of my favorite powerful questions is asking somebody, what do you want? What mm. do you want? What do you really right. deeply want? What do you want out of this situation? What do you want out of your life? What do you want as an outcome? What is the most important part of this thing? What is bugging you the most emotionally? Where do you want to be at the end of this? Yeah. Yeah. One of the questions I ask the most is what does it look like? Mm. I think a lot of people um, have an idea or, you know, they have this desire. But when you have a coach or a witness in front of you and the coach asks, what does it look like? And you verbally say it out loud. Um, there's a lot of revelations that could happen through that, that just, just announcing it, just saying it out loud and just, you know, talking about what something actually looks like instead of this vague thing you have in your head. And I love that that question gets the client to paint their future vision with you. Yeah. And go absolutely. into imagination land. Right. So, and I think, you know, once you get to these questions, then there is room for, for a why here and there. Yeah. And, it, yeah. and it's not absolute, you know, of course, the way that language flows out of us when we're dancing in the moment with clients is variable. But, you know, just looking at the role of questioning and what we're going for, I think there are characteristics that we can keep in mind. So we want to ask questions that move the client towards what they desire. And that might include painting a picture of it. And yeah, painting, uh, also uh, solution. It's it's also solution focused. Oh yeah, a hundred percent. It moves the client towards action. Right. It right. creates awareness, and here's a really important point: 
when people are talking, when clients are talking, they're typically storytelling. They're telling you the story of their life. So when mm -hmm. you ask a question, you're cutting them off from focusing on the story to get them to begin thinking about the future and outcomes of your actions. Right. Creating a new story. Mm -hmm. Creating a new story. Yeah. So as you guys can see, um, and you know, the, the art of, there's, there's no, it's like painting where you just, you know, you start to ask questions. You, you, you have to get, you get better by riding the bike. Um, there, there is no like step-by-step -step process, but it's this art of questioning. It's through questioning that you really, uh, get the session going you create a, a space for revelations. You make people feel validated and heard. And all of this kind of happens naturally, the, 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 the better you get at it by just practicing. Indeed. And you can practice with anyone. And I think if you're going to start with this kind of practice, start with listening deeply, start with listening for not to, mm, and yeah. even in your mind, just begin to ask yourself, what kind of questions could I ask here to truly and deeply understand the person in front of me? Yeah, and I love that we're ending where we started because I think that's kind of the 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 for me the the most valuable part is I love this idea of listening for things instead of two things. I think if we all did that, uh, whether we're coaching or even just talking to our friends or partners, uh, the world would be a very different place. Yes, very much so. Thank you for chatting, Noel. Have be a well. great one. <laughs>